0: Yep, you heard it right. You only heard one pour, and that is because Patriot Mike is in California right now. Hey, guys, welcome. Um, glad to be back, Whiskey Friday Podcast uh, fans. Thank you for joining us. Uh, to my left, though, I have a special guest. I'm a Mike's
1: substitute.
0: <laughs> Hi, my name is hey. Rob. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah. (laughs) We talked about facial expressions, right? Right. Getting animated. Hey, dude, Patriot Rob is back, everybody. Welcome, Rob. Thank you for coming back. I'm I'm super excited Uh, you're here. Got some good stuff to talk about. It has been a while. It's been a good minute. But uh, tonight, got some fun stuff to talk about. But first off and foremost, uh, thank you to Speedway Liquor. Um, Tonight, I am drinking uh, Yellowstone Select. So, this is a bourbon we had a while back, but we never really talked about, never really rated it. So, I'm going to give it my own rating, and then I'm going to allow Mike to give it his his own rating. <coughs> and then Rob is um, drinking his huge Crown Peach yeah. and Sprite, came through. And uh, luckily, uh, <coughs> when I found it, I got four bottles, because I was like, I know Rob's going to want some. Yes. But, speaking of Crown Peach... Um, Speedway is stocked up.
1: Okay, so that.
0: if they got some, but I went and bought four bottles. So, give this a quick rundown, and then we'll get straight into the topics because we got an early morning tomorrow. We do. We're going golfing with the ladies tomorrow morning. So, um, so Seventh Generation Family Distillers Yellowstone Select since eighteen seventy two, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, 465 percent alcohol, ninety three proof. This is at Limestone Branch Distillery, Lebanon, Kentucky. Given an old reading, real quick. Uh, in 2010, my family and I founded li- founded Limestone Branch Distillery with the intention of crafting only the finest whiskey and the dream of restoring the Yellowstone brand to its former glory. In the spring of 2015, over a century after our great grandfather M.C. Beam. Sold his distillery to Yellowstone, that dream came true. To celebrate this family reunion of sorts, we bring you Yellowstone Select Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. To the nose, it's leather with hints of citrus and oak. On the tongue, it's spicy rye with soft cherries fading to smoked caramel. And a memorable finish, rich with brown sugar and Kentucky tradition Enjoy. So I remember I really liked this stuff. It was pretty good. Um, Stephen B. Beams, the president distiller. So I don't know. Um, You want a taste of it?
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) It sounds delicious.
0: I know. Like I I always, I I don't know what the fuck they talk about. (laughs) It's a burner.
1: All right. Let me take a swig here. Oh, you can taste the uh the rich, le- I could taste the leather, the rich mahogany. <laughs> what
0: kind of wood is that? <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. It's like the leather-bound books.
0: Leather-bound books. I, I <laughs> taste leather.
1: <laughs> Shoe leather. I'm sure I remember. It's actually pretty good considering. It's Are, better than the ink lead lead slingers, lead slingers. Oh yeah. That stuff yeah. you know, you clean the paint off the walls with. I like that stuff. Uh, what,
0: what's funny is uh, what is, what is it when when you're reincarnated? I was actually reincarnated as a human, but I do remember this from my previous life as being a dog and chewing my owner owner's leather boots. Yeah, It brings me
1: back to those oh, memories. The Red Wings, <laughs> the old Red Wings.
0: <laughs> All right, so um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and uh, I learned about it this week was the Dunning-Kruger effect. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Okay. At so, least, I, I,
1: I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I may have heard it. Uh, you may have. So maybe I'm, not by name.
0: I'm going to read the Dunning-Kruger effect, and I just learned about it this week, and it just it made so much sense because it talks about in the Bible, God says, like, um, the ignorant won't hear facts and stuff like that, and th- this comes to play. So, um... Social psychologists David Dunning and Justin Kruger came up with this, but the Dunning-Kruger effect is basically a hypothetical cognitive bias stating that people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. Okay,
1: overcompensating,
0: yeah. Overcompensating. So as described by the two uh, psychologists that I talked about, the bias results from an internal illusion in people of low ability and from an external misrepresentation. perception in people of high ability. That is, the miscalibration of incompetent stems from an error about the self, whereas the miscalibration of the highly competent stems from an error about others. It is related to the cognitive bias of illusory and illusory superiority and comes from people's inability to recognize their lack of ability without the self-awareness of Metacognition, people cannot objectively evaluate their level of competence. The effect or Dunning and Kruger's original explanation for the effect has been challenged by mathematical analysis and comparisons across cultures. So basically what this talks about is ignorance versus confidence, right? There's people with so much confidence out there that they just know, they know, they know that when it comes down time, like to talk about facts in, in things and pretty much is facts are stingy, right? They don't budge. They just don't move. Right. Cause
1: facts are facts. Okay. You, you saved this just for me. did Yes. You? Cause this is my, shit this right is right, right down your alley. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I literally, that's why I was kind of like, kinda, like yeah.
0: I, I knew in your heart, like you had a rough week, you had a long week and yeah. I knew like, Possibly you weren't going to make it. And I was willing to push this to tomorrow night because I really wanted you a part of this conversation. Well, you
1: got my attention.
0: So, so this, this brings up this whole thing about why
1: liberals are the way they are. Okay. I can see where you're going with that, but let me elaborate this on this a little bit because this is my shit right here. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just the facts are the facts. So IQ wise, I'm a literal genius. And so I study one of the things that I had to learn very early was uh, because I didn't find out what my intelligence level was until just like seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, and as I learned how to use that um, gift and how to um, number one, I didn't want to squander it. But number two, I felt like I had like a sense of responsibility. Um, and plus it's just who I am. I just love to help people. You know what I mean? So I feel like God gave me this gift. I need to use this gift to make an impact on people's lives. It's not
0: being cocky or anything like that. No, no, Right. Exactly.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm just one of the quotes. This is my quotes on my emails. You got facts, you got fiction, but it's perception that's real. And those are the facts. I know what it is. But the other thing is, is, uh, fortunately I've been blessed with a high EQ, which is emotional intelligence, which we can go down that rabbit hole another time. But when it comes to um, you know, I in coaching people and leading people, all my employees, whatever. In the, in the history of my twenty years in my career, I have run into these people that like it, dis, it describes where they're low ability, but they super overcompensate that ability with just this false sense of of uh, reality. Well, they think it, it r- real simply, they just think that they're more than they really are. And so what I would do is I'd sit here and I'd analyze these people and I'd think to myself, whoa, you are not, how do you even think you're this good, right? And so I had like this, well, when I was younger, before I realized, you know, how much I could, you know, I guess have an impact on their lives, when I was younger and irresponsible, I felt like it was my duty to let them know that they're not what they think they are. Yeah. Of course that never worked. But then as I got older and, and uh, you know, I've had all this training and all this stuff now um, I've realized. And one of the things that my teacher taught me was you're a one percenter. She says, she says you're a one percenter. And so you have to understand that 99% of the world doesn't see it like you do. And so when you're talking to someone that's, you know, average or even sub average IQ, they're going to have these characteristics that they think they're more than what they really are. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Some of them do it as an overcompensation for insecurity. And some of them Mm -hmm. literally, they just live in a fantasy land that they really think that that's how it is. And she says, as you teach these people and get them to grow and try and mold them, don't bang your head against the wall because a lot of you're going to have to get to their level. And she says, and with this gift that you have, there is a sense of responsibility that comes with that. And so I laughed because my son, he's, he has the same IQ as I do, you know. And so I told him when, as I, uh, you know, raising him was that same superhero quote, you know, great power comes great responsibility, right? Because he was an adolescent teen and using it just to, man, the guy's sharp with his words. You know what I mean? He could really cut you deep. But uh, so anyways it helped me understand that when I'm trying to teach someone how to do something or, or train them and I'd get frustrated because they wouldn't get it, you know, man, why, why isn't this guy getting it? You know? And so what happens is in a way it creates a, maybe not a sense of insecurity for me, but it, it creates a sense of, you actually start to question yourself, you it, know? it's doubt, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's, it's tiring. It's tiring. And I, I, as I'm telling you the story, I have this one person in mind that, I mean, I put two years into training this guy and I tried every angle. I tried, the guy was not self-aware at all. I mean, he'd snap his fingers at customers and do all kinds of weird behavior. And then when I'd call him on it, he'd be like, what are you talking about? I didn't do any of that. And I'm thinking... You want me to pull up the cameras, man? (laughs) Yeah, you know, and uh, but but they don't have that self-awareness, not true self-awareness. They live in this false sense of reality because it's like this. Everybody's perception is like a fingerprint. We all perceive the world Mm -hmm. in a different way. And so if you take someone, you're a very intelligent man. So the way you see the world and the way you process information, the way you read people, the way you pick up on body cues, all that stuff is vastly different than someone that's just floating through life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, just go to Walmart at 11 o'clock at night. What you're seeing in there, people in their pajamas and the, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? They, they just don't, they don't care because they don't see the world like we do. They don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, I've probably been to Walmart. My, uh, maybe not, but, you know, but <laughs> not most pajamas. You understand what I'm saying? But so I anyways, get I get my teenage mutant Ninja turtle pajamas for home. Yeah. <laughs> But I, but this year, this, the way that broke down and I, I'm going to read it again and I'm actually going to dive into it because I was literally talking yeah. today with one of my managers and he's a super intelligent guy, probably a one percenter as well. Yeah. But the thing is, he's a super introvert and I'm a super extrovert. Yeah. And so what this guy does is he just kind of hangs back in the shadows just watches everything and just watches everything. But, and he doesn't give a lot of input, but when he talks, he's he still hasn't learned how to control his emotion. Mm -hmm. You know, he hasn't learned how to, you know, be stoic and then use the right timing and respond versus react. What he does is he sees someone being an idiot. And then when he's had enough, he just, Let's them have it. You know what I mean? It's not a screamer, a yeller or anything like that, but he just calls them on their. So the
0: EQ needs to get built. Yes. And that's
1: exactly what I talked to him about. You know, he doesn't have a lot of that empathy. Mm -hmm. He's super, super intelligent. Mm -hmm. And so that's actually what I was coaching him about, you know, learning a little bit because your IQ is just what you're born with. You can grow your EQ. Yeah. And, uh, so I talked to him about that, but it was really, I had just such an intelligent conversation with the guy and, um, I, we talked about some of this stuff and how to coach. We got a, we got another guy that works for him, you know, underneath him, that is not the most intelligent IQ, but he's very intelligent EQ. Yeah. And to make it worse, he's cunning. And I mean a high Machiavellian, uh, you know, master manipulator, yeah. but he's high EQ. So he knows how to use his tone. His body language, his facial expressions, and his uh, tears or whatever. And he just manipulates people. But it don't work on me. You know what I mean? And it doesn't work on this other guy. But I can coach him because he's a words of affirmation guy. So I know how to kind of pump him up or whatever. But this manager I was teaching, you know, spending some mentorship time with about this employee he had. And uh, where he's at with it. He's still at the beginning stages of learning how to use his intelligence. So he's the guy that's the one percenter that just doesn't have the patience for the other ninety nine. Yeah. And I said that doesn't work. Yeah. You know, you've got thirty employees. It's gonna be a miserable life. It's I, absolutely yeah. will be a miserable life. Yeah. And so that's how it was for me. Once once obviously I've got seven years of training under my belt now, so yeah. you know, I've learned quite a bit. You're gonna I, bring this effect up to your teacher? I am. Yeah, I am. Yeah. And uh, I I bet she knows about it. Oh, I guarantee you she does. She's she's absolutely amazing. But it's interesting because you sit and, you know, as you analyze people, you look for I mean, insecurity is obviously the easiest thing to read. Um, But some people, my wife and I had this conversation last week. She says, I don't understand how some people are just blindly confident. And I told her, I said, it's because they're not intelligent, mm-hmm. they're not self-aware, so they don't care. They don't have that. They well, just float through well, life.
0: and and here's what happens, right? Is so you have this overly confident person, they're opining, right? Right. Okay, and you have another overly confident person, they're opining. No one can get through to each other because it, the only people that can get through to the these people are the less than one percenters, right? The, the high IQ, high EQ. There's not a lot out there it's that not. have the, like there's a lot of high IQ people out there. There's a lot of high EQ people out there. It's rare to get both. It, it's very rare to get yeah. both. And to get both, you, that that means that this person, you know how to get through to that person, but then you also have the patience to get through to that person, or at least try. It's very difficult. So you have all these people that are overly confident because, let, let's face it, right now, 15% maybe of, of the, let, let's just go U.S. population, kind of just are in the middle to where they just don't care, they're gonna walk around, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that, they're gonna live their life, they're not gonna so, let people get on So I nerves. call
1: those uh, worker bees. Worker bees, yeah. My mom's a worker So maybe, bee.
0: maybe it's higher than 15%. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. greatly yeah, higher. Probably, yeah, probably, yeah. But then you have a high percentage of IQ, EQ, but then you have people that just are, are blindly, I, I really feel like these people that are affected by the Dunning-Kruger effect are low IQ people.
1: They are. Absolutely. They are low IQ people. See, what happens is you got the low low IQ, but then these those people that live in that sense of like, I call it fantasy land. That's like my yeah. go-to. They end up being high IQ, but they use it. And the Machiavellian was, you could take a test, a Machiavellian test, but it's, it's the power of your manipulation and how much you use it for selfishness or mm-hmm. what some would even say evil. Yeah. And so you got these people that aren't very smart, like... You know they're not very self-aware, but they're constantly trying to work you over. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, that's like, I mean, con artists. That's, you know. But then again, some of your best con artists are actually high in both. So, yeah. Do, okay, yeah, you, you're you're right about
0: that. Now, that was where this was going is the media,
1: um, government. So think about the think about cults. You know you, you sit there and you scratch your head you think to yourself how the heck to how do these guys do this how do these guys get all these people to drink the Kool-Aid man yeah. like literally drink the Kool-Aid and die you know these these cults
0: that's that where got, the you drink
1: the Kool-Aid came from right exactly yeah. right yeah. exactly like so you got a guy usually it's a charismatic person with high iq high eq and what they do is they know how to You know, like when you're you're a good read on people. You know, you can see through their facial expressions, their tones, their body language. Um, There's a reason why the greats were stoics, because if I'm having a conversation, I'll just use this one particular employee. He'll watch my body cues. He'll tell me a story and watch how my body cues are, and as I change my body cues or my facial expressions, that's where he goes with his story. That's how good this guy is. But he's not very intelligent. He, he's he been a survivor. He's had a pretty rough upbringing. And so because he's so emotionally intelligent and empathetic. He knows how to read people. He knows how to read people mm-hmm. well. And so he knows how. So I just sit there like a brick when I talk mm-hmm. to him. I don't give him anything. Because you can't. These these manipulators are so good at reading your facial expressions. Yep. And and how you're sitting and all that to manipulate you. and um, And that's what's even scarier about
0: them is because a lot of those people don't even know. That's right. It, they're, they're out of the, like they can't, they're not self-aware. Yes. That that's they're right. doing, that is just how they've lived. Like you said, they're a survivor, right? That is how they survive their
1: entire lives. So, so anyways, you got these guys that like lead these cults that actually are intelligent. And what they do is they prey on the lesser mm-hmm. and, and because there's such high EQ their emotional intelligence so high they know how to manipulate people and they can do it just with precision because they have the, the IQ to go with it. And usually high IQ comes with good strategy. And so mm-hmm. they know how to get these people to do, you know, whatever they, whatever they want, like drink Kool-Aid and yeah. die. The remember the, was it was a hail bop comet mm-hmm. cult or whatever yeah. it was, you know, pretty interesting stuff. But, uh, this is that th- what you read is um, is something I deal with on an everyday basis, and it's it's strange to listen to you read it because it's a literal calculation I take in my head with every person that I coach or or anything because you always got to try and find out if they if it is a false sense of um, I guess it's it's like a false sense of not security but maybe. I can't really think of the exact word, but you know, the people that you just look at and you think, Oh, this is it for you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but they're happy or sometimes they're not, but, but like I said, I always call them the worker bees. My mom's a worker bee. She's a lady that has worked 40 hours a week her whole life. She's lived paycheck to paycheck and she's totally good with it. And that
0: this is why I brought it up is because of the, the Dante Wright shooting
1: that just happened.
0: And, uh, this is where the, um, the female cop, I, I did you see anything about it? I, I know did. you've not the video. So she yelled taser, taser, taser and yeah. all this stuff, but it's all right. It, terrible, terrible accident. Right. Yeah. But the first thing that the, the people that have this agenda want to do is to bring the emotions into it and right. say white cop, black, black kid. Right. And that's what, what they're basically doing is that they want to opine on people, their, their opinion, right? They, they want to throw this down because they know that they, what, what they don't want to deal with is the facts. Because like we said, facts are stingy. They don't move because that's exactly what they are, is, is their facts. So what they have to do with those facts is exactly what you're saying is change those facts into the perception that's right that this is the fact right is they're changing that perception and what they do is they use this because they're overcompensating for their lack of ability to get into the facts and what they got to do is use
1: emotion over anything so so think about emotion so we have so emotions like energy right yeah we all have it you know (laughs) some people say you know oh you know i need to control my emotions you're not really ever going to control them. Mm-mm. You know, they're in there. You have a, a sense of energy about you. But so when, you know, as I'm teaching people to like, you know, work on their temper or mostly it's like reaction. Don't be reactionary. We respond. We don't react. We respond. And, and then I teach in that space. That's where we transform our emotion. Yeah. But the thing is, is the emotion. So the emotions in there, we all have it for the most part. And um, but what happens is, is if you think about anything that's really ever been driven, like any war that you've, you know, that has of any past, there's a sense of passion there. There's a passion that comes, you know, that you bring about this energy and this passion to drive forward. Well, the media, I mean, I've had seven years of training on human behavior and I think I'm pretty damn good, but these people have taken it beyond what I can do. And they've learned how to take the power of suggestion, the power of perception, and bring about passion out of people. Mm -hmm. And so they bring about this passion. But the thing is, is the most, think about the emotion that gets you most reactionary. Now, if you're happy, are you reactionary? Maybe. Maybe when you're you know, you're walking through the mall and you see a pair of shoes you really like and you're happy, you know, you might be reactionary and buy them. You know, you might might be impulsive, right? But, you know, it's not like you don't do anything real too stupid, you know, like that. But if you think about any kind of emotion that's been reactionary that you that brings about the most energy is anger. And so what happens is these master manipulators in the media they know how to bring about anger because if you bring about anger, that's where passion It literally is just like Star Wars on the dark side. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the light side is controlled, right? They teach control. They keep. But on the dark side, it's passion. Let it go and let it yeah. destroy everything. Right. And so that's what happens. The media, the, the, the more pissed off they can make you or the more nerves they can hit with you know, the other propaganda that you've been fed over race or, you know, rich or poor or whatever the case may be, that sells. Yeah. That sells. And then what happens is they get a reaction out of you. And so you, they, they get these people to stick it to the man by burning down their own house. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. But the media loves it they're, because they, they don't they're give just, a shit they're about They're destroying us. buildings that say Black Lives Matter on That's them. That's Right. That's right.
0: So so you brought up Star Wars. That that is exactly what why the dark side wants to get these like let's say a Luke Skywalker, right? They either A want to kill him when when they're a child or B take him when they're a child to teach him the anger side of it. That's right. It once once the Luke Skywalker learns how to control the force, he is now a danger to them. So now you got this guy with the force, either A, he, you could control the emotion or transform it. Transform it, right? Right. Or B, he's gonna use that force for anger, where the most energy is gonna come from to destroy and kill. And that's,
1: I mean, that's literally, I mean, you, you brought that up perfectly. Yeah, you don't see people that are in a good mood punching holes in walls. You know, you don't see that kind of no. thing, you know? And, and so, I mean, it's just, I think Star Wars did a great job you know, metaphorically. But the thing is, is I bet most people don't even realize what that is, but I do. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've had many conversations with my son about it, but you know, the media, you talk about master manipulation, you know, that's what they do. It's like, they'll they'll do anything that sells, you know, I've seen this hashtag floating around lately, follow the money. And man, that is just about as true statement as it gets, you know, follow the money because you follow the money and that's where the passion is. Yeah. And that's where they, they know how to do it. I mean, yeah, you know, ah, it's, I'm glad I don't have a Facebook anymore. I mean, even Instagram's starting to get bad these days. You know, it's, it's a crazy, crazy world we live in. I, I really, i <laughs> say I'm so glad I, I kept this for you. <laughs> no, I really am. I feel like I have so much more to talk about, but yeah. I don't even know where to like, you know.
0: Well, I mean, one, one of the things is, um, so... I I really saw this because, uh, what was it, Uh, Dan Bongino and uh, Geraldo, of all people, right, had a a little debate, Uh and Geraldo was like, I've spent 30 years, 40 years reporting on cops, you know, spent time with them, went to their funerals, went to some weddings, went to some celebrations, retirements, blah, 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 blah. Well, he he tells Dan Bongino, who Dan Bongino was a cop, secret service, probably had some of the best training ever with weapons and all this stuff. Well, Geraldo said, I have a solution for for this not happening ever again. Usually a cop wears his gun on a dominant side, right? You're right-handed. You wear your gun because, boom, you draw it. You're good to go. Yeah,
1: but you wear your taser on your your left side.
0: So he goes, switch it. So that way, the cop dominantly is always going to their taser first. Okay? Sounds okay. Is that what Geraldo said? Geraldo said that. Oh, wow. Okay. So Dan Bongino, who has been through this, goes, that's the most, he goes, I don't even know how to respond. He goes, first, let me tell you this. Okay? If your dominant hand is your right hand and you're going to shoot your gun, now you have to cross draw. So you have to put your weapon the other way because now you have to pull it and you are gonna cross drop. Okay, he goes, it sounds good, but now let's say bad guy tackles a cop. Weapon, 9mm, is pointing, the handle is pointing towards the bad guy for him to pull it. And guess what happens when he pulls it out? It's pointed straight at the cop. He goes, you want more cops to die? That's how you get cops to die. What would Geraldo say? He called him a son of a bitch.
1: Oh, of course. Remember Geraldo got his ass beat by that, uh, I think it was like an Aryan nation guy, whatever, like beat Geraldo up. It was like 30 years ago no, or something. I no, I didn't. Oh, remember. yeah, like scratched his face. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. You remember that? No, remember I don't. That? I'm a little older than you. <laughs> oh, two years yeah. come on you should you should look it up Geraldo got his ass beat it was like a neo-nazi or something but like that I mean not that I could them, could but it mean, possibly but. have been a setup to make him where he's at today yeah, who, knows, who knows because that's probably what made him blow up but you know talking about this you know I didn't Richard Simmons get his ass kicked in an <laughs> uh, airport uh, he might have I have no idea he's why I found that she's a pony <laughs> I don't even know why I thought of Richard Simmons. It's your guy. I saw you working out to his videos. Yeah, you see Your peloton. You should see me running on that thing.
0: I've got shorter shorts than him. Chasing after him. Uh. Fuck
1: you, Richard Simmons. My
0: shorts beat yours any
1: day. You know, uh, I i mean, I love this stuff. I, I love, you know, trying to teach people and coach them. And uh, to me, when I see someone reach a whole new level of self-awareness, to me, is just its very, very rewarding. Yeah. But, uh, but I do even, even still to this day, you, maybe I take it like a challenge, like, man, this guy, he's talented. He's what gets me is these charismatic types guys that just have this sense of, you just like being around them. And then, uh, and then when they're not self-aware, it's like the most, uh, like just disappointing thing. And you try to coach them and teach them. And, but I'll tell you, I used to get frustrated. I used to, you know, want to just pound it into their head. You know, why can't you learn this? You know, and but once I realized that, you can't win them, man. You can't win them all. It's it's yeah. gonna be really rare, and you can only dumb yourself down so much. And it sounds bad, but that's really, you know, kind of what you got to do is slow down. And it's almost like coaching a kid. You got to crouch down a little bit, you know. But mentally, but well, I'm,
0: and we we've talked about that too. You know, almost almost like in in essence, being on a pedestal. And having to come down on the on a level playing field to talk to people, I sometimes I I don't know if this like saying exactly what I said. It, it's difficult to follow, right? As you're reading it, it's difficult to follow that for oh, yeah. most people.
1: Yeah, but, it wasn't difficult for me. I like, but it. that's what
0: I mean. Is yeah. like s- some people are just gonna they're gonna like have to read it over and over again and then you're gonna have to show them whiteboards and this and that and really dive down and then at the same time go to a 30,000 foot overview and just say hey it's people overcompensating
1: well you know the thing is is I, I think that that is I would say fairly common misconception you know like and for instance the conversation that I had with my wife you know she's like you know, we saw someone that was wearing something they probably shouldn't have been wearing and uh, just as confident as can be. And she's just saying, you know, why in the world would she dress like that, you know? But the thing is, is they don't have that self-awareness. You know, they, they have this sense of confidence. And um, you know, but the thing is, to be honest, sometimes when I'm like frustrated with someone or, or, or a situation, and I sit there, and I or I watch people, like, ooh and ah over things, and I'm scratching my head going, really? Like, that's how your brain thinks, huh? I get frustrated, and I think, why can't I just be dumb? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're so happy. They're so happy. <laughs> There's a reason they say fat and happy, right?
1: I mean... I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, but I, you no, know, no, you no, know, no. but no. I, you know, that was a conversation yeah. I had with, I got a, this guy I was talking to tonight, just sharp guy, yeah. really good conversation. But, um, you know, I had, it was pretty cool because you could tell that he's in the infancy of like really not infancy. He's dialing up his leadership and he's starting to understand more and more. And because he's not so empathetic, you know, it's taking a little bit more yeah. time. But uh, I think I really made a good point with him tonight to just slow down. Don't get so frustrated. Yeah. Because if you get frustrated, I yeah. truly believe he's in that one percentile. You know, I think that, uh, you know, I told him you're going to be disappointed a lot if you yeah. put these kind of expectations. And just because someone floats through life and they're happy with this, you know, sense of confidence that seems ridiculous to you, it's not ridiculous to them. And their perception's their reality. So you got to respect that. You know, you do, you can't, you can't, you can't save yeah. them all. You know, you can't try to,
0: it's a, it, what What you're talking about is like, when you see someone hit a paradigm shift is probably one of the best things for, uh, for, for people with like um, a high IQ, cause I, I know when I'm mentoring and I, I'm like teaching and I'm, I'm, and you basically said, you know, light bulb clicks on. Yeah. But when you, um and they get it, That that's a good feeling. But when I see someone's paradigm shift, that's a whole nother level. It is a whole another. Right? yep. It, it's like when you flush an eight iron right <laughs> down the center of the fucking fairway. I, that There's something about that feeling, right? That, yeah. you know, you hit a lot of good shots during golf, but when you flush an iron, and you, you watch that grass fly, and that ball fly to straight, there's something about it. So, right?
1: so I got to tell you, right. just I had a moment like that with you last year. We talked about gaining perspective. It was at my house and I could see, I could see your, your mind open up to perspective. We really got deep about perspective. It was, it was uh, Memorial day last weekend or last year. And um, I feel that ever since then, you have this like starving to know and gain perspective. And that's to me, that's like what I live for. You know, I was talking to the team the other day and I said, uh, I was talking to a guy I work with that. It's, he's a good leader. He's a great guy. Um, you know, he's a good empathetic person. High. I would say, you know, decently high EQ, not super high IQ, but decent. Yeah. But he's a very pessimistic person. And so, you know, he's, he can be insecure at times or he can be very cold at times. And I said, and so I was, I have a good relationship with him so I can, you know, be very open about this. But I said, you know, when you go into a situation with someone maybe you don't know, or people, or maybe a group setting that you don't know, I said, you wear that sense of protection on your body. People can tell that you got everybody at arm's length. I said, because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're pessimistic in nature thinking, what are they judging me about or, or how, how are they going to get me or whatever I said? And being pessimistic, it's like you and I talked about, there's a good, a lot of good that comes with being pessimistic. I said, but the thing is, is I embrace it. I walk into situations sometimes, even though I'm, you know, I'm not bad at public speaking and I'm in the community a lot, but I still have a sense of, um, social anxiety sometimes but instead of being guarded or standoffish i want to know more i want i've embraced the unknown and i want to gain that perspective i want to know how it is that people think or see things or look at things i want to gain all the perspective possible because i believe that the more i do that the more (laughs) knowledge i'll gain The ghetto bird. Uh-oh. I'm coming for you. Actually, I think it's Joe Rogan flying in. <laughs> he, he was supposed to be a special guest tonight. <laughs> but like I said, I think that, you know, when you, when you are constantly seeking, it's like what you just said, how you golf by yourself, but you always pair up with people you don't know. And if, if you really think about it and just kind of break it down to the minimum, you're really just trying, you, you like to get to know people. Yeah. Because you like to gain their perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We all have our own. It's like a fingerprint. We see the world through our own lens. And the more you gain in the in, uh, instead of being insecure or, you if, know, and, and, and you're
0: absolutely right. If everyone would just stop and think for a second, this person doesn't see this exactly the way I see it. Right. It doesn't it, mean it, it, it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that they don't see it the same way. And that's okay, right? That's okay. That's what, like this Dante Wright shooting. Everybody's gonna watch that video and see it differently. You're they're absolutely gonna, right. They're about gonna that. see everything differently. So, and I remember our conversation because I think it was then when I figured out that you had a high IQ before you even told me. And your EQ was definitely uh, probably one of the highest that I have ran into. I haven't ran into that much in my life. Right. So it was very hard for me to like open up about it. And I remember that conversation. I remember us talking and all that stuff. And it just, it really did hit me like, hey, I can gain so much more now. And like, I, I just remember, and I do, I still to this day, I starve for it. I starve to learn it. I, I, and I, I honestly think that's, that's a good thing. And that's how I continue to grow And that's how I continue just to like build myself. It's not about being better than anybody else. It's not about this. It's not about like knowing everything. It's just about that. That's who I am. I want to learn how people think, how people um, like go into different situations, how, how they decide to do things. That's what makes me happy is when I learn that stuff.
1: Yeah. I like to learn it. And then, um when I learned that about people, I guess it's like, I always quote Einstein, you know, every crisis is full of opportunity. Right. And so whenever, you know, one of my employees is having a bad day or whatever, it's always that, like, like, like we got this guy's made some mistakes lately. Um, really good performing guy and uh, just made some really bad decisions lately. And it's so quick for certain people to be like, oh yeah, I get rid of them or whatever, but no one ever, not no one, but a lot of times people don't slow down and say, Hey man, are you okay? Like what's going on here? Yes. You know, what can I do to help you? You know, let's, do you mind opening up to me? You know what I mean? Because there's always, there's always the other side of the coin. Yes. There's always something going on there. And it's so easy for people that people don't like to be uncomfortable. You know, and so your subconscious mind is so powerful that when things trigger in your subconscious mind, it's called subconscious for a reason. It's because you can't consciously think about it. So when things trigger in your subconscious mind, that comes through as feelings. So, you, again, it's not in your cognitive state. You don't know an actual think, but you, you, you're affected for some reason. And so for me... When I feel affected, when I'm like, oh, like I pump the brakes and think, why do I feel this way? What do I got going on? You know what I mean? But so many people, and it's hard to teach this. This is, I think this is the difference between high EQ and non is I want to slow down and think about it. Like, why do I feel this way? You know, I'm talking to this guy and he's giving me excuses, but he's saying something that's really rubbing me the wrong way. And so when I feel that I want answers. You're never going to get answers if you just tell the guy, get out of here, you know, you're an idiot or what, you know, Mm -hmm. like not that I would ever put up with that kind of leadership, you know, in my place anyways. But it just to me, when you feel in that affected state, you absolutely need to pump the brakes and start thinking. And uh, so if you think about it, when you're dealing with somebody that's in an affected state like that, they may not even be aware of why they feel that way. Most of the time they don't. Yeah. And so again, I feel that it's my responsibility in the, you know, the training and everything that I've had to try and help people through that. A lot of times it's just like a kid that gets, that maybe comes from a bad home or the parents are fighting or whatever. These kids act out. Well, if you ask them what's wrong, they're going to tell you nothing, but they're acting out and believe it, it just doesn't stop with children. It's in full blown adults. And so when you got a guy that ain't acted right or whatever, there's something going on there. Yeah. And so if you can somehow figure out how to help them with that, you know, that's what that's what gets me going, man, to, to really help someone through something. And, and basically what you're
0: talking about is when, when you find a bad situation or something that could be perceived as bad, as look at it more uh, in an opportuni- opportunistic way, because that, like you, like you brought up with the kids, right? Daughter couldn't be crying. And instead of me getting on her for crying for no reason, I don't know why she's crying. She doesn't know why she's crying. But I what I do now, instead of like getting upset or anything like that, slow her down, get her to pump her brakes, catch her breath. Hey, tell me what's bothering you. Tell me what's wrong. I'm gonna look at this as an opportunity to, to teach her a lesson because obviously. Her emotions got the best of her. Whatever it was, whatever it may be. It could be something dumb or it could be something actually that was worth, you know, getting freaked out about. But now I could teach her about whatever situation that was and teach her, hey, all right, next time this happens, try this. Try this. Try this. Or something to that effect. That's a child we're talking about. But if you look at that with adults, and I try to teach my leaders this, when they see something wrong a guy's coming in late to work that you know he he was in uh late two two days this week came in late two days this week he's just like and usually this guy is never late how about instead of getting on this guy's case hey is everything okay
1: so check this out you know i don't know which book this was in oh you know what it was in the book emotionally and Emotional that's actually the name of the book yeah. um so he tells this story so it's a subway right there's a guy gets on the subway he's got two kids yep. i probably told you this no
0: no no i listened to it. and uh, it's it's actually uh, the uh stoicism it's about the, oh, paradig- is it the stoic one? it's it's about
1: uh uh the paradigm shift so yes guy gets on the subway he's got two kids he sits down zones out the kids are running all throughout the subway they're you know, being loud, being, you know, and it's pissing everybody off in the subway. And, uh, you know, people wait. They just let these kids run wild. They get, and what happens is they they get into this affected state. And, you know, you get into affected state. trying
0: to read the newspaper.
1: Yeah, and uh, so what happens when you get affected state changes your observable behavior, right? If you don't have, you know, some sense about it. And, you know, the story goes, the guy gets on this, father's case. Hey, are you going to do something about these kids? And the guy sits forward and says, yeah, I probably should. We just left the hospital. Their mother just died. And it's like, oh shit. You know, so everyone That
0: that, that story, when I read it, it still gives me goosebumps now that you said it. Yeah. Because the guy literally looking down not paying any attention to his kids. Right, right. His I mean, kids I'm, have I'm no idea. That. No, no, no. Yeah. And the guy looks over and says, You gonna do something about this? And he, he's like, Yeah, probably should.
1: Yeah. Why? Just, just left, f- left, left, left the hospital. Their mom just died. Yeah. You, you know, and then, of course, that guy feels like an asshole, you know? And, you know, that it's just a good example of there's always the other side of the coin. And I think that what, you know, in a reactionary, I mean, if think about it, all the propaganda that feeds into us, everything that's out there is to get your reaction. Everything, is. everything, you know, I mean, if, if it's hyping a sports game or an MMA fight, right? Dana white, every time he goes on, Hey, what's up everybody It's to get this reaction. It's reactionary culture. That's what sells. It's what sells. It's the passion. It's the, and, and that's what sells. And so what it is is it is now embedded into our minds that's just the culture that we live in. Mm -hmm. And so everything's so reactionary that no one ever takes the time to slow down and respond or even address a situation, you know, with some empathy and say, Hey man, you know, like that situation, I, is as much education as I've gotten on human behavior. I'm a passionate person. I don't know that I would, we were just having a conversation earlier that shoot, my kids are damn near out of the house. Like I, I ain't not to listening to screaming ass kids all the time. It's yeah. just, I'm over, I, I'm past that part in my life. And so I can't even say that if that happened and I was on the subway that I wouldn't be irritated. Now, granted, I probably wouldn't say anything, but it might be a little irritating, but you know, what if, what if society changed that a little bit? What, what if the propaganda wasn't crammed down our throat to get reactions all the time and, you know, pin us against each other and create all this hate. What if we actually looked out for each other and made sure that we were all right? That's what they don't want to happen. No, it isn't because, you know, then we come together.
0: Well, it takes the government out of (laughs) power. Right. Yeah. And it actually brings up the, um, I don't, I don't know if you listened to our podcast two weeks ago. It was the, um, something project. Ah, God dang it, man. I can't think of the name, but basically what it was, and this is another one I wanted to talk to you about. They did a project like 40 years ago. So they took, um, they put eight people in a room, two interviewers, and eight people behind a table. They were all subjects. Seven of them were in on the project, knew about it. You did tell me about this. One guy wasn't. Right. And they did the line test. He answered the first question like, what, what are you fucking crazy? But it, but it showed that togetherness, you know, one person speaks up, makes, makes a couple more feel a little bit more confident two people speak up makes four more people. It's actually a
1: story that I think about when I refuse to wear my mask. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Come on, people let's band together. (laughs) Yeah. Where are we at? Am I the only one? All right, I'll put it on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean I'm getting thrown out? (laughs) Yeah. No, it's the truth though. It it is. It's so true is that, that the propaganda is to keep people separated. That, that is basic nuts and bolts down to a T is the propaganda is to keep people separated because together we would, we, the government would barely exist. They wouldn't get anything that they, they could have everything they do have. It would all go away. I just, I, and we can go on and on and on and about that, but I really like where this conversation has been going, man. I, 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 uh, this to, is to
1: circle back to the, uh, you know, the, what that, I forget what it's called already. The Dunning Kruger. You, I, you, I
0: sent you the text of the of the site so okay. you can. Dive as into you it.
1: were reading it, it was literally what I think about a lot of the day, every day. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm in the business of reading people, and um, and I, and it's just something. It's taken years of training, and um, no, it's tough. And it's I, tough I, because I'll even tell you right now, it it's really tough for me not to get to that affected state so fast. It is, but you know, the thing is for me is it's in my nature to give and to help. Like, it's just who I am. I mm-hmm. I want to help people. You know, I want to make sure everyone's good. I'm, you know, me, that's why we have the house we have and I like to entertain and I like to make sure everyone's good all the time. And And, but sometimes I just run into these brick walls of people that I really struggle communicating with. And then when I try to help them with some self-awareness it comes off like they don't give a shit but sometimes i don't think that that's necessarily the case i just think they just don't get it and they never will Mm -hmm. so stop getting worked up over it you know what i mean it's like hey you know what i did my best i tried to help the guy yeah but hey you know it's it it is what it is you know he's you know whatever whatever the case may be you know what i mean but you know i think that I don't want to say lower your expectations because you don't want to give up on humanity. Never lower, you know, never, lower. but, uh, but just be aware. It's a whole other level of self-awareness yeah. when you're starting to feel in yourself, get into that affected state. When you get into that self doubt, don't,
0: don't let it, don't, don't let it. Like, I mean, you're going to run into brick walls. You run across the country. You're going to hit, hit some walls. You're going to hit some fences, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna be able to break through some, and and it's just I mean, it's the reason why I, I'll go back to golf. It's the reason why we golf. It takes me 95 shots to get through a round of golf, but there's two in there that keep me going back, right, all the time, and that's that's the way it, uh, across humanity. You're gonna go come across people all the time some people will get a little bit right. It's not all that like all the 93 other shots were bad. Yeah. You have a few bad, terrible shots, right? That is that brick wall that you just can't get worked up over because if you get worked up over it, the next shot's gonna be that, That's that bad. Right.
1: That's right. The next
0: shot's gonna be that much worse. If you let it go, If you don't bang your clubs against the cart, right? (laughs) Throw them out in the
1: lake or something. Yeah, throw them out
0: in the lake. And you just go to that next shot, just let it all loose. That's why pros are pros. Yeah. That's why – that's where psychologists come into play. Good psychologists, right? Is they've learned that they know they can have more better shots because they have learned that high IQ. They have learned that high EQ. They've mastered them both. They – they might not even be as intelligent as you are, so, but
1: yeah, they know how to they know how to use them both to their advantage every time. She, sa- she says, "Okay, great. So you got this intelligence." She says, "Yeah, it's higher than mine, but what I've got on you is uh, education, experience, and I can be treacherous." She says, <laughs> "She's great, man. Yeah. You know, but uh, great conversation. She's helped me." tremendously and uh you know i still i still see her every single week but um i don't know man this is the type of stuff that gets me going because you know a lot of times it's difficult to get deep down the rabbit hole with human behavior you know what i mean i it just and but a guy like you 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 love it just like i do you want to learn your sponge you want to learn everything you know and then what happens is is that you get out in public and you want to like (laughs) Like try it, you know, who's my target. Yeah. Yeah. I got him. But that, that is
0: honestly what I love about going out and golfing by myself and then getting paired up with a random old guy or a couple young guys or whoever I get paired up with or whatever happens is because for one when I meet someone brand new, I don't give a fuck what they think about my golf wise. Cause if they're, if they're pros, they're, they're not golfing at El Rio or Los Lagos, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. So, and most of the time they have Michelob Ultras in their, in their sack or whatever.
1: Yeah. They, they smuggled in beer just like we yeah.
0: did. <laughs> yeah. One guy had flip flops on today. I mean, it, so I, I don't care how they golf. So now instead of golfing with you, who I'm competing against always, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you I don't care golf, about my golf shots. Yeah, you golf better.
0: I golf better. But for two, I get to learn two brand new people I've never met in this world. I get to learn what, where they're from, who they are, what they talk about. Because what I do is I listen. And I sit back and I'll, I'll throw questions in here and there just to get the conversation going. And then I just kind of navigate through it, and I I I just sit and listen, and I learn people's traits, I learn more behaviors, because like you said, perception is a fingerprint. Everybody has a different perception. That's right. Everybody does. I don't care if if I met two guys tomorrow that were forty five years old, been best friends since they were four four years apart. Those two would have different perceptions on the world. Yep. And, I would and their
1: relationship changes their perceptions, but it's never the same.
0: It's never the same. No. Yeah. So that that's what I love is because the, these two guys, I don't know how long they knew each other. It seemed like they knew each other for a while. But they could, I mean, me and you have known each other for a good couple of years, but we, out on a golf course to a random guy, we would seem like best friends. Right, right. So who knows how long they knew, knew each other, but it was just, it was funny because the conversation would be going and then I'd throw a question out and I'd hear two random responses. This, this guy said something different. This guy said something different and it was just kind of like cool sitting back and listening and just observing. So if anyone could do anything better, observe, listen a little bit more and step back. I mean, in, in like Rob said it, perfect. Don't control your emotion, transform it. Transform it. it. Yeah. It's there. It's there. It's always going to be there. Yeah. What, two things my mom even from a young age told me not to pray about is one to be able to control your emotion better and two to teach me patience because if God wants to teach you patience he's going to put you in the worst situation ever to teach you patience and he's going to be like hey this is what patience is right and then control your emotion You can't it. One of the things we we talked about in my um, old veterans group is um, post-traumatic stress, right? And we talked about it from a military standpoint, but this goes all, all factions of life. um, Regardless of where PTS came from.
1: I just read a really, really good article of something that is extremely efficient at curing PTSD. But
0: so that's funny, though, because what we talked about is you're never going to cure it because post-traumatic stress happened. Right. So one of the biggest things with post-traumatic stress is, are what you call the triggers. Okay. And these are things in your emotion that will bring out your affected state immediately. Just wait till I tell you what I read. <laughs> okay. So one of the biggest things is learning what your triggers are and dealing with them. So one of my things was is when we went to the um that concert, uh who did we go see? Which
1: one? The the country concert? Yeah. Oh I don't remember. God I, I just went for you. I don't yeah. know those people. You were singing the words, I'm like, I have no clue who this is. I can't
0: even remember his <laughs> name. Hey, Chris and Brittany liked it,
1: alright? Yeah, right? they did. They yeah. had a blast
0: too. <laughs> uh but anyways, um, one of my things when I got back from Iraq was being around crowded groups. I hated it, couldn't stand it. Never understood why. wasn't wasn't there emotionally intelligent uh, intelligence wise to even understand it. I wasn't even self-aware. And then, uh, as I grew and I got I got better and better, I learned that 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 was where I was, and I still wouldn't do it. And then finally when I finally built up my EQ enough to be able to be like, all right, I know this is gonna bring up my affected state. What am I gonna do to make this better? Is, you know, I I learned ways to deal with it at that time. It's the whole, um, you know, a lot of people think PTSD, firework goes off in the air, the vets hit the floor and, and go under a table. That rarely happens. It does happen, but that's a very rare, you know, affected state veterans but what it will do is put them on a a heightened sense of alert so one of the things that i just learned lately and i'll I'll go back to the um the veterans group is what we learned is is to know your triggers because then at least you'll be able to step back for a second so
1: your trigger is going to come through as a feeling as a feeling and that's your subconscious mind telling you there's a there's an alert here Mm -hmm. right so So I'll tell you. Okay. So I, uh, I read something about it and then I watched a bunch of videos about it because I really, this whole PTSD thing, uh, I actually thought of you when I was, when I was getting into this. And, uh, so anyways, there is, so you know, you have these triggers, like you said, for PTSD, I'm trying to figure out how I can say this. Um, so basically when we have, do you, do you know what ingrained behavior is? Mm-hmm. So ingrained behavior is just something that you've done your whole life. Yep. Like you, it happens from a child from the time you're about 14, your are ingrained behaviors. You pick are your there. fingers. So you, picking your fingers, Yeah. But, but it's other things too, like insecurity. Um, just, just behavior. It's just who you are. Well,
0: I'll give an example real quick but before you go. It's like my brother had a blankie his whole life growing up. Right, okay. and he used to twirl it in his fingers whenever it was like relaxed time or even nervous time. It okay. was two different ways. Right. Still to this day, I'll catch him, forty-two years old. I'll catch him take his shirt and twirl it in his fingers, when he's in a when he's in a super relaxed state, or nervous state. Right. So, okay. That okay, I just so, want to. So that to, would
1: be considered ingrained mm-hmm. behavior. Uh, but, but there's other ingrained behaviors like, uh, you know, like maybe a kid that really like grew up in the streets with nothing and they learned how to like lie or whatever, or, mm-hmm. or insecurity is always like kind of a go-to like deep seated insecurity because insecurity changes like your, your confidence level, how people perceive you, stuff like that. So anyways, what happens is, is the neural pathways in your brain, the, the one of the videos i watched showed it was like a mountain with snow on it and then it showed like these toboggans or whatever going down the snow and you know after a while these sleds keep going down the hill and they find a path and next thing you know that path just becomes the path like that's it's, it so that path is like it's beat into the snow and that is the new path yeah. and that's just what it who it becomes an ingrained behavior, many, many different ingrained behaviors. And so, um, this video that I watched it, there was a guy that got cancer and, uh, you know, basically the doc said, you know, there's a 20% chance that you die from, you know, this, you know, uh, chemotherapy or whatever, you know? So he lived, he went through the chemo, he did all the thing and he lived. But because he lived in a constant state of fear for yeah. so long, he had this fear that just he that he was always scared he was going to die. You talked to me about this. I did. Yes. 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 And Keep so going, so he had this sense of fear that he was always going to die, and um, so that's that's one example. Um, there were I watched several different things because the studies are somewhat limited, but basically what it is with PTSD mm-hmm. is you know you were. So in your subconscious mind, that's where your fight or flight mode lives. Okay. You're not consciously deciding to turn your adrenal glands on, you know what I mean? And shut off parts of your body. But, you know, that's not what happens. It's a subconscious move when you feel a trigger of some kind. And so what happens is it lives in your subconscious mind. So cognitively, when you see something like you're approaching a bridge at a certain thing that Mm -hmm. looks just like a bridge that you know, maybe some, you lost some friends in Iraq too. You don't get triggered like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. You know, you don't think that way. It's not in your cognitive mind. It comes through as a feeling and then it kind of ruins your day, right? So your subconscious mind is so powerful. The only way that you can really get into the subconscious mind to create this sense of healing is the same thing that this guy did when he got, you know, to overcome this constant fear. And that was to take psilocybin, which is the active ingredient in magic mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And so I was blown away by this. I thought because I read some somewhere where people uh, take microdoses of mushrooms to overcome anxiety, yeah. and it's the only thing ever proven to 100% cure anxiety. Yep. And um, and so, anyways, I watched these videos on PTSD, and what it is is uh, it, they they give psilocybin you know, um, like I said, the active ingredient in mushrooms and they are in a controlled environment with like a coach of some kind and they give them this drug. And then as they go on, you know, the trip or whatever, they talk them through it. And what happens is, and so I watched videos of, you know, they put, they put electrodes on a brain. And then when you, you know, there's certain areas of the brain that don't typically communicate with each other. You know, I, I'm not sure which ones don't, but, you know, you got your amygdala, your hippocampus, your free uh, prefrontal cortex, you know, all these different things, the ego s- section of your brain, the sense of self. Some of these parts of your brain cool way down, but your brain Donald Trump's is huge, <laughs> huge. <laughs> but your brain parts of your brain that don't typically connect to the other parts of brain on a, on a normal basis, they start connecting. And so I watch these videos of the brain just lights up like a Christmas tree and everything's communicating with each other. And at that point you can under the right coaching, you can tap into that subconscious mind. And so what it is is it goes back to that, that, that mountain with the snow on it that now has got all these ingrained paths on them from the sleds. It's like putting a fresh coat of snow on top of it and it covers over the ingrained behaviors so you can start over again. And um, it was super, super fascinating watching this and seeing these people make these huge turnarounds in their life from these phobias, yeah. PTSD, the, stuff like well, that. Well, go
0: back, go back to the guy wh- that was deathly afraid of dying. He was
1: deathly afraid of dying. He he didn't, he couldn't even function. And you know, after being treated with psilocybin in, in a controlled environment, he he said on one of his trips that he you know, imagined himself dying and that it wasn't that bad. And for whatever reason, it cured him. Never been so, afraid of it ever so, again.
0: So talk about the part where they taught, um, as you go into your trip, it gets ingrained, like your thoughts, the the good thoughts will get ingrained to you to where when you wake up, they're still there. Well, was, was that uh, something so, to that effect? Well,
1: It's not like you go to sleep, you know? So it's like, uh, at least I don't think so. You know, obviously I watched videos. They they would listen to certain types of music and stuff like that. But he, check this out. I actually one of the videos I watched was um, how the uh, Native Americans would use peyote, which is you know a psychedelic, something similar, or um, you know, God. it showed it shows to find their path of enlightenment, right? So, but it, it was. But the thing is, is they were under. Um, protection if you will of the shaman right if you watch mo- you think oh uh-huh. you go to the shaman the shaman gives you the second psychedel- well it's mm-hmm. young guns right mm-hmm. you know like uh, uh he he gives everybody peyote and they all go do their own thing but yeah. he was like the administrator but anyways like, if you if you look at like native american cultures or whatever there's always a shaman and the shaman is the one that helps them get there, and that's where you know these these current era people did is they they got into this psychedelic state, but they had like a shaman, if you will, or a doctor that helped them go to this place to where they could overcome these things. And um, when they you know they they go on this trip or whatever, they go to sleep and then they wake up the next day, and um, these behaviors are erased from from yeah. you know. It's just really wild, you know. It's super fascinating because, you know, in terms of, you know, helping people that have really been through some shit, you know, that have PTSD or, or you know, people that... One study, it showed people that wanted to quit smoking, they they did a, you know, took psilocybin, never smoked ever again because they had the intention to tell their subconscious brain where your cravings and all that come... that they don't want it anymore, and that was it. Boom. Um. Drink people drinking alcohol just very very fascinating stuff and uh, I'm curious to see you know if uh, medicine is going to be able to use those things you know later on down the road as, you know they become more legal well I mean we can get into that whole subject yeah yeah with the
0: the farm big farm or whatever but what yeah that's the
1: thing man they don't they don't
0: They don't want it. No, no, no. Because I mean, then then you can grow your own. (laughs) I mean, like what? What is that like famous meme where it's like the first day of doctor school is like when you cure a patient, that's one less patient. Right. That's right. So um, one of the I I, I've been going back into the uh, post traumatic stress. I. I don't add the D because uh, <laughs> what we talked about in my veterans group is like when you put the disorder on it, it makes it seem like you're fuck it, fucked up, which it's not. Because basically, what PTS post-traumatic stress is 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 a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. So the human body's bred to be a certain way, and and when you put yourself in abnormal situations, what it does, like what it does in Iraq, is, and this is what I learned is it wasn't the bridge situation that gave me PTS. It wasn't you're watching your buddy get shot or um, a a normal like uh, just an Iraqi family getting blown up or whatever it was. That's not what gave this person PTS. What what happens is when your brain is at a heightened state of awareness 24 seven for a prolonged amount of time It automatically creates those behaviors like what what you're talking about. It it digs those sleds super like whereas a toboggan, normal toboggan, you would need five to go down this path, five, ten toboggans to go down this one path to create a formal path, a a you know, a a legitimate path to where this one weighs ten times heavier than the normal toboggan. So it cuts it deep. It cuts it deep. So and then What our subconscious does is it takes the biggest thing that happened and says, this is why I have it. So the biggest thing that happened to me was the the bridge thing, but every day wondering if you're going to die, wondering, am I going to go home? Am I going to do this? I'm going to do this. It is cutting deep and deep and deep. And then subconsciously I'm going to one, one instance that happened and saying, that's why it caught what caused it. No, it was a full year in Iraq that caused the post-traumatic stress. But it, it's it's those certain things that, like, you can do to learn to deal with that affected state in that. In, like, what you're talking about, that psilocybin, all that's going to do is, like, hey, we had a snowstorm last night. We got to create new paths. What are you yeah, going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you going to create this? And, like, you talked about is doing that psilocybin what we were talking about and like what you were telling me you have
1: to go in with certain intentions absolutely yeah that's everything every one of these things said yeah they, it, one of them said the three p's it says the people you're with the place and the um and the purpose so the or the plan you know yeah. so you know it, it was really really interesting like i sat there and thought dang man what kind of shit you know maybe i should try this you know what do <laughs> i gotta yeah you know that i can overcome you know what i mean and um but it's just super fascinating. But anyway, I thought of you because of the post-traumatic thing and, yeah. and, um, I thought it was really neat how they like this one video had the snow cover in the mountain and then, you know, the sleds or toboggans ran completely different. Um, I absolutely, I absolutely love that analogy. Yeah. That is such a good analogy. No, I thought so too. Really, really interesting stuff. But, uh. But then again, you know, it's just my nature. I want to help you out. You know, I'm like, oh, oh I got this. I got this information, man. You got to you gotta check this out, you know. Well, but I like the fact that you're self-aware enough to know. And, and I tell you, most people, they don't, they get into an affected state, you know, and they don't, they don't, they just react. They don't even think. But, you know, you're using that, you know, awareness like, okay, here I, I got feelings here. What's going on? I need to slow down. And when you slow down and then you get to that rational, you know, decide to be rational or irrational and make sure that you stick to with rational, then it doesn't change. Well, I mean, it always changes your observable behavior, but you definitely don't want it to go south. No. You know, you want it to no. go, store into your, and co- that, your cognitive process. And he, that, hey, I got this.
0: Here's what happens, right, is um, most veterans, and this is what's sad, right, is it's been put as a stigma that PTSD is a bad thing. Thankfully, we have people like, you know, um, the guys from like Black Rifle Coffee, you have Jocko Willink, you have the drinking bros. Um, You have a lot of these veterans that have had have uh, become something and become some somebody. And they've brought awareness to a lot of veterans like myself that will listen to these guys and say, hey, just because you think you're mentally fucked up, you're not mentally fucked up. This is a normal reaction, right? So like, one of the things is, most veterans know that they're, that they have mental um, instabilities, I'll I'll call them. I don't want to call them disorders because they're not disorders. That's doing it a disservice. But they know they have mental instabilities, but they've never had a place to turn to, to learn to deal with them So basically what they do is they drink. And what we've been talking about, that circle, right, when you have that uh, affected state, your emotions come out, and you have the choice at that point in time, your observable behavior changes, and you have that point to become rational or irrational. And when you drink, it is that much harder to become rational. That's right. So basically what happens is these veterans, they drink, Right, We all know veterans are, are drunken assholes, whatever. But when you don't know how to deal with an affected state, dealing going to that irrational, observable behavior is so much harder. It's already harder for me when I get drunk to deal with an affected state. You've seen me. Sometimes I get emotional. Sometimes I do this. But I've, I've really been able to reel back that in my... my my sober time. So that way in my, when I'm, you know, had my whiskey or whatever to pull back that affected state, to pull back that irrational behavior, make it more rational. And then something we've had those discussions about, like, Hey, we're too drunk right now. Let's deal with this tomorrow. Right. Right. You know, not a lot of people can do that. That's right. And I might, If I had a goal in life was to make sure that every veteran could be able to get to that that point in time. Because most of the time veterans, domestic violence, kill somebody, hurt somebody, whatever. It's because they have never been taught that this is, it's okay for one. That you feel like you're mentally fucked up because it's fine. Everybody feels that way at certain points. But... Let's teach you how to deal with this when, you, when that affected state comes out and your
1: observable behaviors start coming out in you. Let's learn how to deal with those. So when you get into that irrational state of your, of your affected state and then it, your observable behavior turns into, you know, a bad temper or, or, what you know, destructive behavior, what happens is that's where it starts to perpetuate and the fuel is the insecurity. Yeah. It just. fuels oh, so yeah. The insecurity yes. just fuels this perpetuation of the problem. But and then what happens is, is that becomes ingrained behavior. Yes. And so now you got a disaster on your hands yeah. and you got to figure out how you can break and change that that observable behavior that is now perpetuated and driven by this affected state, right? It's just constantly It's that, cer- you know, it's right. a downward spiral effect. So so yeah. here you got a very good intention, right? Like you saying, "Hey, you know, I want to get a group of veterans together so we could talk about this," right? But then this circles right back to the thing you started us off with where you are intelligent enough, you have a high enough EQ, and your intentions are good. But there are those people that mm-hmm. are suffering from, you know, post-traumatic stress that are of the lower ability with self ab- yeah. uh, self-awareness. Uh, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. That's it's huge. a challenge. And that's the thing. So, so so, to put this in perspective, you have all the right intentions in the world. You have all you, you know that you have the tools, the training and everything you need to, to appeal to these guys to help them really get through this you know, hindrance in life, stop the perpetuation of this observable behavior brought on by an affected state, change their cognitive process. But then you're dealing with it with a guy that has a sub average IQ that aren't self-aware, but you cannot let that derail you from the vision. Cause all it takes out of that group of
0: ten veterans, is
1: that one eight iron flush? That's it. One one guy. One guy. And the, and, and once that guy gets it, his perspective is different than yours, and he may be able to guy that gets through to that other guy, boom, because you couldn't. Because we all look at life differently. Yes.
0: Opportunity. Opportunity exists. It, it, fuck, man. Shit, dude. That. <laughs> That's where it's at right there. This is what I've been missing the last few weeks, man. Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm glad to
1: come uh, share perspective with you. Yeah. You know?
0: This is a good one.
1: I agree. I, I don't even know how to end this. That wrapped up perfect.
0: That wrapped up perfect. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm not even going to end this on a dad joke tonight just because <laughs> that would ruin this conversation. But, I mean, I would say if a midget asked to smell your hair, is that sexual harassment?
1: Jenna smells my hair all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, thank you guys. Thank you, Patriot Rob. Thank you, Speedway Liquor. We'll see you next week.